the way that I talk about your cultural constellation is it's really like the glasses that you see the world with. And mine might have like a shade of blue. Yours might be slightly yellow tinted. And we're going to see the world that way, but we're also going to have blind spots because of it. And so really when you can lean into it and you can say, hey, this is who I am. This is how I see the world. These are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. And just show up that way. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, it's like the feeling of after the party when you pull your spanks down and you're like, oh, I could just breathe. <laughs> right. It's like there's so much freedom and permission in just being like, this is who I am. And sometimes I'm a bad bitch. And sometimes I cannot get my life together at all. <laughs> and once you can like really figure out how to frame that, yeah, then you can start to figure out how to communicate that. And that's what I love teaching because those are the things that really help you stick out. And once you start weaving these aspects of your experiences and your values and all of this into what you do, mm-hmm. you really realize like there is nobody in the world who can compete with you. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. This week's phenomenal guest is creative powerhouse Gia Goodrich. Gia is an award-winning photographer, podcaster, YouTuber, and keynote speaker. Through her multimedia presence, she inspires her audience to be the boldest, most authentic versions of themselves. Her YouTube channel is dedicated to authentic brand building and has received over 2.5 million views, which says her audience is definitely watching and for great reason. I want to encourage all content creators right now who operate on camera to check out her channel because she gives excellent advice, tactics, on the what, the why, and the how to create powerful, captivating media content. I love Gia's badass voice and energy on her show, Only the Bold Podcast, which I feel very honored to have been a guest on. So having Gia on the show was such a blast. Honestly, I fucking love her. I love her energy. It was supercharged with a very real expression of the challenges and the triumphs we find ourselves in on the path to self-discovery, raw and true self-love, and radical self-ownership. In this episode, G and I talk about the cultural constellation. This is a really amazing framework that she's created, used to get clear on our experiences, our values, and our identity for powerful self-ownership. We discuss developing unbreakable self-confidence to be highly visible with our message and cut through the noise. We discuss overcoming negative self-talk and competition, learning how to truly love yourself and be on your team. We talk about trusting the unknowns and courageously stepping forward. We discuss processing shame, childhood wounds, and cultural judgments to live freely within your truth. I mean, there's so much more. This is a very, very rich conversation of heart, of purpose, of inspiration, and of authenticity. I can go on and on about Gia. She's a new 
friend, a real friend. And I'm very, very honored to introduce her to you. Um, for those of you who don't know her already, to have her on this show, you know, you will feel her magnetic frequency in this talk. And I know, I know if at the very least it will put a big boost of fuck yeah, let's do this in your heart. So can't wait for you to listen to this episode, to watch it on YouTube. Please let us know how it impacted you via your IG stories in the comments, DM us, um, tag Gia, tag myself. All handles are in the show notes. You know, I love, love, love continuing the conversation with those of you who connect with me on Instagram. So don't be shy, reach out. And if you have not already given this podcast a five-star rating and review, it would mean so much to me and my team if you would do so. There is a very easy link in the episode for you to make that happen. So please enjoy this magnetic conversation with my girl, Gia Goodrich. Hey, you guys, if you've been following me here for a while or on any of my channels, you know I am always talking about the power of journaling and specifically what it has done for me and continues to do for me in my life. With that said, I am so excited to officially announce that my guided and illustrated self-actualization journal, You Are the Path, is out for sale. I have been working on this for quite some time now with my incredible, talented artist friend, Emerald Paget, and I could not be more excited for you to experience this journal. To make it very clear, this is not your typical kind of stationary item of journal. It's more of a book, and it is so visually stimulating. You Are the Path holds space for you to unravel, unleash, investigate, hypothesize, affirm, inspire, fortify, to essentially create you and all aspects of your life. You can literally stretch out and run free within the vast open pages. So in this journal, you have seven guided and illustrated sections led by five thought-provoking questions and prompts that evoke exploratory thinking. Of course, you're welcome to ignore them, but they are there to anchor you because talking about journaling for some time now for to so many people I've learned that journaling can feel daunting to some people like you don't know what to do or where to start so these journal prompts and questions are there to just anchor you in and help you get moving through the pages Um, each section also has a personal quote for me and again the artistry in this journal throughout the journal by my girl Emerald Paget is absolutely incredible. It is there to evoke your imagination and all your senses and really just take you into deep parts of your mind and your heart. So the final section offers 20 blank pages. So the other sections all have lined pages in them. And this is really special for me because I've never come across a journal that had both. And throughout my journaling practice for almost the entirety of my life, um, you know, I've really needed and wanted both. Uh, so I'm just excited to give you this opportunity to be able to sketch and just let your imagination run free on these blank pages, but also have the beautiful structure and, you know, refinement of, of lines for you to just, you know, script out your heart. So 
Again, this journal is absolutely a mystical experience. It's a mystical adventure. I want you to just drop in and to ultimately connect with your highest self, your authentic self, your intuition. And this journal is meant to facilitate that process for you. So to shop this journal, go to blackbeltbeauty.com. It's right there at the top menu. You'll also be able to see some visuals of the journal and I just, I know you're going to love it. So let me know what you think and enjoy the path that is you. Recording in progress, girl. (laughs) In the theme that you and I live off of, which is just keep it fucking real the whole way through. Let's just start the podcast. (laughs) Yes, 100%. Well then in keeping with that theme, let me tell you that I have like a back of neck tiny hair situation because uh, for some reason those hairs never grow and I couldn't find my normal clip. So I have like one of these, Ah! like, I don't even know what type of clip that is, but it's like, I I think like akin to a clothespin or something, (laughs) just snatching that area up. (laughs) And I feel you, I have that same shit where it's like, they're like baby hairs that don't grow. So when I wear my hair and I wear it in a ponytail all the time, you know, training, I just have this like kind of bush back (laughs) Yes. You got to change and the bush. I have just I have just 100% given no fucks. I bring brat I bring back the barrettes and then headbands to deal with all the baby Love. hairs. Love. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm bringing that style back. Um but yeah, yeah you I'm are. just like grab whatever you can, make, make it, work. it work in Zoom fashion. I'm not wearing sweats today. I got shorts, but like it's just hilarious right how we all live like top up we're like hi and then bottom yeah. down. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm 100% in also these ty- these leggings because you totally inspired me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to go hardcore. I'm going to be working out every day. And so yesterday oh. I went so hard that today I can barely walk. <laughs> so I waddled to the oh. yoga class <laughs> and waddled back. Oh, no. So I I my my ass hurts so much that I can't even like change my pants without it being like a 15 minute mission. I know so, that. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> are you feeling good though? Cause I know that you've been, you, you've been on a kick for, for some time now where it's like, you're really focused on dialing in on your health and just like optimizing your wellness. I mean, cause you understand like how everything connects to everything. So this is not necessarily a newer path, but you're really, you're really like getting down and dirty on the details of, of what, what's going to really help you, you know, in terms of like longevity, essentially like living long and strong, right. And feeling your right. best. Yeah. 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 Actually. So I like a long time ago was a dancer and a soccer player. So I was always an athlete. Yeah. And then at some point, definitely after high school, I had this ingrained competition thing, which still is a big thing that I deal with is this internalized coach that's like the tiger coach that's yeah. like beat him down, you know, whips, make him cry. And at some point I decided that it was silly to mm-hmm. treat my body and think about it with the type of reverence and ferocity that I did when I had trophies to win and things like that. So it's been this recent unwinding and kind of giving myself permission because really I had focused so much on intellectual capacity on communication, on showing up in a big way, achieving the goals. And then at some point you realize 
you can do all of that, but you're constantly going to hit a brick wall of energy at the very least. And so my body has given me a wonderful invitation to like really start to integrate that other side of things. So yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been interesting, (laughs) but I definitely look forward to the moment when like my external state once again represents like the internal state because I definitely have that fire still in there. But if you look at my body right now, it's kind of, it's kind of soft. I give myself a lot of back doors out of things. The grit's a little less in there, you know, but the grit's a little, what do you mean by that? I think that, you know, when you train and when you really take the work that you do seriously, you develop this grit muscle. And actually, Angela Duckworth has this amazing book on grit that talks all about it. Mm-hmm. But I actually had the um, the, the natural genius thing <laughs> where I took to things so well that I really didn't learn a lot of. And then also, I should say, like, I strayed away from the things that I didn't take to very well. So, mm-hmm. like, I've only played tennis, like, once. <laughs> but, and then was like, oh, no, fuck that. We look like an idiot. We're rewind, rewind. So I, um, so I didn't learn this like grit muscle really. Yeah. And so it's been something as an adult, I've had to teach myself because of course, everything that you want is on the other side of consistency in order to be consistent. You have to be able to wrangle the five-year-old in your brain and get shit done. Mm -hmm. But particularly rocking with the type of neurodivergence that I have, it can be this, you know, this delightful, intense, mission that feels like it's never actually accomplished. Yeah. It's more complex with you. And, you know, it's so, it's been, oh man, I'm so grateful to be connected and it's been so fun to just dive into your history and your work and a couple of things that come to mind, um, that I really want to present in this conversation. First of all, um, neurodivergent, gay, mixed, you have, you know, these are pieces of you, right. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I feel like this may or may not sound judgmental, whatever. Um, but there's a lot of people who kind of, so let me, let me back up for a second. Some people in society can look at these aspects and go like, Oh, you know, this is a flaw or this is a right. Right. Clearly they're not flaws, but, but then there's some individuals who kind of take ownership of certain parts of them that could be as seen as a flaw and kind of like flaunt it, like grab onto it and glamorize it because it's there. And I, and I have empathy because I feel like it's their one way. It's their way of going. This is what makes me special and unique. And I'm standing in this. Right. But I feel like there's just, it's not like a full sense of ownership. Um, whereas like with you, I don't feel like you glamorize anything. And I don't feel like you're also, you're not, there's no suppression. What I feel, this is just my perception is I'm like, huh, this is a very, very complex woman, artist, human spirit, uh, spirit who has been continually, continuously doing the work of learning herself all the parts that make her, her also what those parts, how do they, how do they express themselves like it throughout your life in the various ways? Right. And, and it's like taking ownership of acceptance and ownership, right. They, they kind of, they're two different energies, but they, they really go hand in hand. Um, you know, of, of all these parts of you sharing them, number one, to be clear with yourself, 
first and Mm -hmm. foremost. Number two, to be clear with the world, because it goes back to the authenticity piece, which we're going to deep dive in. Um, So others, I feel like it's so it's like, hey, world, check it out. This is what I know about myself. This is what I accept I own. I love. I'm learning even more about. Um, This is how I kind of lean into these aspects of myself and then what I give back and how I express myself through them. And hey, maybe if I show up and present all these various things that make me me um, with love and ownership, and I'm just keeping it real, like maybe it gives you permission to do the same. Maybe it inspires you to do the same in yours because what is more fucking beautiful than that? In my opinion, nothing, nothing. So that's like, you know, I can sit here and, you know, obviously there's an intro before our, our talk and like lay down like your career capital and all this. We're going to dive into all this, but like really, because you said neurodivergent. And so it like came up to, you know, top of, of mine and it was in top of heart for this conversation. But I really just wanted to share my, how I received at, at least that part of you, which is, you know, mm-hmm. it's a big, it's a big piece. Um any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a, a very long journey that we can talk about to varying degrees, but this is literally what I teach in the hill that I die on, is that everybody has what I call your cultural constellation, which is a mix of your identity, experiences, and your values. But the problem is society teaches us that all of that stuff should be suppressed and we should try to fit in and be all things to all people, mm-hmm. especially when you think about people who are operating in like outside of dominant culture. And I, as you said, like I am non-dominant culture in like so many ways, intersectional mm-hmm. or intersectionality all the time, mm-hmm. every day. And it takes a lot of unwinding to really even uncover for ourselves like, hey, what are these things? And the way that I talk about your cultural constellation is it's really like the glasses that you see the world with. And mine might have like a shade of blue. Yours might be slightly yellow tinted. And we're going to see the world that way, but we're also going to have blind spots because of it. And so really when you can lean into it and you can say, hey, this is who I am. This is how I see the world. These are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. And just show up that way. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, it's like the feeling of after the party when you pull your spanks down and you're like, oh, I can just breathe. <laughs> right. It's like there's so much freedom and permission in just being like, this is who I am. And sometimes I'm a bad bitch. And sometimes I cannot get my life together at all. <laughs> and once you can like really figure out how to frame that, yeah, then you can start to figure out how to communicate that. And that's what I love teaching because those are the things that really help you stick out. And once you start weaving these aspects of your experiences and your values and all of this into what you do, Mm -hmm. you really realize like there is nobody in the world who can compete with you. And so I feel totally comfortable being authentic and vulnerable and showing the glamour, but also the wet underbelly Mm-hmm. which is actually like a photographer thing that like they call us wet bellies because a lot of times you're like literally laying on the grass as it's raining <laughs> to try to get the I shot. Remember, I remember this sounds yes. familiar. Thing. Yes. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, it's so beautiful. And you're like, yeah, the picture's beautiful. Like most of the time I'm squatting and hauling and wiping the sweat from my brow, you know, but that's life. And I feel like so many people try to gloss over it to project something. Right. But then the downside is like, you're, you're always trying to suck in with your spanks on and you never really get that full breath to express yourself with. 
I mean, girl. (laughs) There was like some deep, profound, poetic shit right there. But then your creative, badass storytelling ways just there's I can't help but cackle. That is brilliant. Um, I think every woman from this point on who's listening to this or anybody who's worn Springs is going to fucking think of you because that's it's perfect. It's like uh, the liberation, the release. And you know what I love so much? You and I talked, um, you know, about recently about my 5S self-mastery roadmap, right? And, you know, it starts with self-awareness, then it goes into self-connection. Self-connection is the precursor to self-love. I didn't really explain that to you, but self-connection is really in alliance with um, your um, cultural consolation. Uh, cons- yeah. yeah. And I love that you brought that up because I definitely wanted to dive into that because a the framework is beautiful. I mean, the name itself is so beautiful. And, you know, for in my, that roadmap, self-connection, it's your core values, your core principles, your core beliefs, like what makes you tick, what turns you off. It's all these pieces that make you unique. Like what's your big vision goal? Like all this stuff. Right. And the reason why that's the precursor to self-love is because you, we hear all the time about like, love yourself. I'm like, hold up. Do you know who the fuck you are? Right. Stand in who you are, because if not, I love you, but we got to back up and we got to go into, you know, everything that you just shared and, and you know, the value of it, obviously. And that's why you can say, you know, when you talk about like the Spanx and being so free, it's like, look, like it or not, like, this is who I fucking be. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't vibe with it, that's cool. But if you do wonderful. And I feel like it's the ultimate filtration system, like period. And like, right. Yes. Talk about that. Please. Absolutely. And you and I have a lot of, I think, synthesis, especially around the idea of magnetism. And to me, what you're talking about exactly is this idea of how do you go from this chasing thirsty energy in whatever you're doing to becoming a magnet that is just can't help but attract people who are in resonance and who are in alignment with who you are and what you do. And once you start to be able to cultivate that by first uncovering, excavating all of the stuff that makes you inherent, unique, special, amazing. Also, the other side of that is like, what are the challenges that you're rocking with? What are the things you're always going to struggle to do well? Like in my case, it's uh, anything that has to do with a deadline, you know, <laughs> usually not because, but you, know. you know, exactly. Know thyself. Um, but yeah, when you start to really honor who you are and develop that trust, then everything, everything really only ever is about fit. And this is like from relationships to job opportunities, all of that. It's like, do we fit together in this moment in time in a way that feels aligned, has reciprocity? If not, that's okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And move on to the next. And it's really, I mean, I know like if you're eye rolling, it's like, I totally get it because like when you're in that moment where you're like, shit, I need, I need a job to come in real quick. It can be hard to sit in that remembering and that trust. Yeah. But once you've had enough track record of really realizing that the job that you want, that you never got, you can see that six months later, you got this other thing that is so much better. Once you start to really build that map in history for yourself, it becomes a lot easier to have that as a gravitational pull to pull you back towards that remembering. And it's not to say that you won't get off track 
Yeah. Because I do all the time, you know, all the time. I'm just like, oh, like, when's the next thing going to come in? Like, do I have enough social media numbers? Like, what are people going to think? All of this stuff. But then there is this kind of centering that can happen when you cultivate that for yourself, where it's like, okay, I'm in exactly the space that I need to be in right now in this moment. Mm -hmm. And how can I operate from a way a place that's really aligned as opposed to like this white knuckling, manic, frantic energy that's trying to look everywhere outside for the answers. Oh, so badass. It's so on point, you know, and it makes me think about, I mean, the word that just comes to my mind, one of my favorite subjects to speak on. And also like what I know a lot of women, you know, turn to me for, and I really want to tap into you um, in this area is confidence. And it's interesting because mm-hmm. we can go in several different directions, but I think one place I want to start is, you know, you are a powerhouse creative, like you, you're a fucking artist through and through. And, you know, I mean, literally girl, your YouTube channel is my go-to now forevermore. For oh. like, I live on zoom and I'm like, Oh my God, everything I need to know how to like present myself and like everything. It's just, it's all there. It's incredible, you know, um, but then back up and you, you know, you were a commercial photographer for a good portion of your career life too. And I know with the history of being a makeup artist in the celebrity realm, which is it's vicious, you know, and I Mm -hmm. climbed to the top 1% and that, you know what that means, right? Yeah. Um, confidence is a big, it's big in everyone's life period. But as an artist and as a creator, it's a fucking must. But it's interesting, the relationship that you have with it, because it's I think there's like this misconception that, you know, you're just every time you put something out there, every time you put yourself forward, like there's always this like you're like the lioness is just there presenting its work. But it's it's not that I don't think it is. Can you please speak to the, your yeah, experience? Like, that's. Yeah, that's not how it is for me. So I think that confidence isn't like a feeling emotional state. It's a reward from doing the thing and seeing yourself do the thing enough times that you know you can do it. So when I first started in photography, I would walk into all of these shoots and experiences with clients, and I didn't yet know that I could get a positive result, right? Because a lot of times it was a new, something different. And every single, I mean, you know this, every single time there is something that goes wrong. So I'm always like, may it be something in the beginning? May it be something tiny? Because something will always, always go wrong. But what happened is as I kept doing it over years, I started to train myself of this inner knowing that's like, I always get the shot. And even if it's not up to my standard, I always get it. I know that my client is always pleased. I can always wrap it up no matter what odds may be stacked against me with like gear not arriving on time and assistants not doing their job and fights breaking out amongst the talent that like I can always find a way to wind this down and get it in. And so that to me is confidence. And it's something you earn in a discrete area. And then you have to like keep it going And then you have to uh, keep earning it in these different areas in your life. And so really, if you're growing and you're changing, you're always going to be coming up against areas where you don't have that earned confidence. And to Mm -hmm. me, that's a signal that that's just an area I need to do more work in. But when it comes to your work, Mm -hmm. I actually think it benefits you or it benefits one to be a little delusional (laughs) 
<laughs> and I was a hundred percent delusional. Like when I first started, I was like, this is the best. Like I'm really good for somebody who's just starting like this picture should be legit. Photography. Be okay. Got it. Yeah. 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 And I'll send you, I'll send you a picture. Um, so you can see this one that like <laughs> definitely should have been invoked. Totally could have been invoked. And I was, I had a wonderful mentor at the time that was gracious enough with me to like, let it ride. And then also give me like little subtle hints of things. So I could figure it out. Um, but I think you need a little bit of that delusional positive energy to get you going because Ira Glass talks about this in a great way, because once you start in a place you you're in there because especially creative areas, you're in there because you have taste, but Mm -hmm. your skills don't match your taste level. And so, you know, you suck (laughs) and it can be really tough to like, be like, ah, this is not good. And then how do I go and how, and it takes a while to close that gap for everyone. And so gassing yourself up in the beginning, I think is like really helpful. But then as you go, like what I have really come to understand is I, my own assessment of my work Mm -hmm. is inherently capricious ever-changing and is very much like a roller coaster. I can be like, oh my gosh, this is the best image I've ever seen. They are just going to be so jazzed about this because I am just like the baddest bitch in town. And then as we go through editing, then I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really bad. Like, this is really bad. I'm never going to be hired again. And then as we go into like the retouching zone and like the color grading and everything, it's like, ooh, well, maybe... I don't maybe. And then I mean, literally, I I can tell you it is always this roller coaster ride that just keeps going through. And so one of the things that I had to really learn is that I, if I'm always, it's sort of this idea of detaching from the outcome, right? Mm-hmm. That it's like if I'm always working, I'm always applying what I know, mm-hmm. I'm always doing my best in that moment. I have to just accept the outcome for what it is yeah. and accept that my feelings about that outcome <laughs> are mm. not at all accurate right. and just let it ride. And then a lot of times, like I have a, my portfolio behind me, you know, it's like, give it six months. You flip through that thing and it's like, Ooh, oh, oh, Ooh, I, <laughs> I was pretty good. <laughs> it's so true, girl. And it's like, you know, and I love it because if we zoom out, like I love to do, and we take that concept and we we think about like the skill transfer of that concept in life, like even just in business period, right? Like your journey of 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 you judging your your oh, yeah. your image, right? Like think about like the entrepreneur, like you know, as well, oh, we're we're crushing, we're 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 failing. Wait, no, we're gonna make it. Oh my god, we're gonna. It's this whole and so and I love it because back up to the to the confidence piece. Like I actually just journaled this. I think it was yesterday, but and it was way more poetic than I can remember. But the concept of like, ooh, confidence is a very very slippery slippery little fucker. Like, and it it'll it'll poke at you. It'll tease you. And, and mm-hmm. in, in a way it's like, it, it wants to bait you forward. This is again, my poetic mind, like, because on the flip, you could, you could submit and you could feel like I'm done. I, I don't got what it takes. And it's, I'm, and then failure comes in. And, but if you can push past those moments, like when you're like, Oh, this photo and then like, and keep, you know, moving how I say it is like creating forward you, mm-hmm. you build that confidence. So I actually love your take on it about it being the result at the end of you taking the action, you know, forward in the face of, I mean, ultimately like 
you know, and this is something we can totally pull on with you because I'd love your, your, your mindset and take on it. But just when you think about like courage, I mean, courage, just period in life to like exist as the being that you are. But then when we think about, um, you know, being a creator, being a, a path creator or goal dr- uh, driven individual with vision and you're putting yourself fucking out there, the courage it takes to do that. Talk about your journey with, and really your relationship with courage. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, that's a big one. So my, I think of it as a dance and really it's like this dance that is happening all day long. And even sometimes while I'm sleeping, I'm like, <laughs> yep, still, still in this dance. And I think the invitation for me is to be small because like everybody, you have these early experiences that really change, like are a fundamental tint to your glasses. Right. And for me, I was a five-year-old in baton big personality, lots of sparkle. And I would get selected to be in front. And I, you know, would just shine and do all of this stuff. And then I would try to hang out with the rest of the girls in the baton corps. And they hated me. Right. And what the story I told myself to make sense of it was that if I'm too in front, if I'm too shiny, if I'm too loud, if I'm too different, I won't be loved and no one will like me and I'll be by myself. So I, and this was like a memory I only uncovered like maybe three years ago. So prior to that, it had just been operating this subconscious. So I'd have this drive to do and grow and be there and have the things happen. And then also this competing drive that was very much like be small, be loved, fit in all of this. And once that was, you know, revealed to myself, it's not like it just magically dissipates, or at least for me, it doesn't. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm just aware that that was, I mean, a thinking error is kind of harsh, but like that was a story that a little kid made up to make the world make sense. And it's not based on reality. So Mm -hmm. for me, I have to really engage consciously Knowing that like that is if I'm not paying attention, (laughs) that's where I'll default back to is for that loving connection. And so I won't be my wild, big version of myself. So for me, like that's really how courage expresses itself and and something that I'm always, always working with, dancing with, because there's always this voice that is um you know, scared to be out there, to be the alien, to be different. And I, that was always the, the feedback that I got growing up because of the way I looked and the way I sounded and my energy and just all of it and and my neurodivergence. And so it's, I don't think, I mean, I don't know, maybe there's somebody who's more evolved in me, like sitting at the top of a mountain. That's just like <laughs> feeling courageous all the time. Oh. But for me, I feel like it's, it's better to prepare for that always being something I'm going to be engaging with and just know like one of the rules I have for myself is whenever I catch myself fighting with myself, Mm -hmm. like whenever I click into that, Mm -hmm. I always, I know that I have to do the thing that I'm arguing against because usually that thing is expansive and aligned action and all of this good (laughs) stuff. Um, so, you know, it's like, get your ass up and like drink that water. It's not going to drink itself and the show will still be here. (laughs) Right. Totally. Have the hard conversation, go lift the weights, like whatever the fuck it is, launch the new, you know, 
product or whatever. No, I love that. And you know, I'm so, so, so happy that you started a fucking podcast because you, you know, again, like so much of your, your career, it's like photography and then, you know, obviously YouTube and, and also, and I love like, you know, your, your whole thing about like supporting, um, big energy. I didn't say it correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Big deal energy, big deal Mm -hmm. energy. Thank you. But the thing is, is that you don't, it's not just a surfacing granted so much content to support that the, the, the external, but you have so much content. And I think having the podcast is actually helping you channel more of it out to about the internal piece that is so right. important when we think about, well, how do you really put yourself out there? How do you really fucking stand in your, your truth? How do you really operate from authenticity. Why is that important? You know, and all of that. So, you know, you're, and obviously you bring on, you know, incredible badass guests, but your own voice I'm saying is very, very important um, for all the reasons I said. And also because, you know, like, look, I know, I know, I know my community as, you know, and I'm sure in yours, because you have a community that really loves you, but like all these pieces that we're already pulling on right here, what I love so much is like, you know, these are, these are, to me, it's like, these are the most supportive fucking like little vitamins to heart and mind. If we can sit here and go highlight reel all day long, but what I love with you is like, no, I want to yeah. talk about the shit that's actually going to fucking really like, I remember this. Um, and I feel like yeah, you, you'll understand this so well, but when I was in my earliest years as a makeup artist, and, you know, it's freelance and it's, it's a fucking fight for, you know, you're like, first of all, you're making, and this is way back when everybody, like there was no social media. This is like, you know, we didn't have filters. Like, no, right. we had physical <laughs> books that you actually carried. You printed yeah. your <laughs> shit. Okay. And I remember, and so you're not making that much money. And then you're usually working for free, but when you would make some money, it would take like fucking two months to get it. Mm-hmm. Anyways. You know, I lived in New York City. There was a lot of struggle. And I remember just so many, so many points in these early years of like, fuck, man, can I just get an interview or like hear from somebody like a Pat McGrath or somebody who's like there and not just hear your highlight reel? Can I please know what you did, what you felt, how you process those moments when you were fucking sitting on your stoop like I am in New York and I'm like, how am I going to pay my rent right now? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and I feel like you, that's what you, you offer like that energy, that frequency, that information. And so it's just so valuable. Yeah. Thank you so much because that is literally the genesis of it all. And I was that same person trying to figure it out. And I remember, I don't even know if anybody will remember this, who's from our industry, but, uh, there was like, a. I think it was called Masterclass or something. And it was Nick Knight and they put it together and it was like this incubator you had to apply. And I remember at the time it was a thousand, it was like $1,600. And I like, it was, I couldn't afford it. My dad had to like loan me the money. And I was like, so excited to get in there. Cause I was like, these are the industry professionals that are, that are going to be teaching and all of this stuff. And I got in there and just like almost everything else, it's just distilled into nothing that is helpful. <laughs> and I would, I just remember being like, what? Like yeah. how I, I get, I get what they were trying to do. And now as a content creator and somebody who builds courses, I understand that there are very real limitations and you're mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's going to be the most helpful. But generally 
people, what I found is like people wouldn't go deep enough. They wouldn't paint mm-hmm. that picture of what it's like in the apartment where you're the fifth roommate and you can't afford the next makeup palette that you need. And you're like, what the fuck do I do? How do I move forward? Like yes. I'm eating top ramen here. Like yes. help me somebody. And really I have always had like that yearning to have those conversations with people and to be that person when I can, because I feel like there's something so incredibly expansive when you can see yourself in somebody else, when you can see that they've gotten to a place that is hard for you to even really believe is possible for you. But because you have some shared identity, you have some shared history, it cracks this space open in your brain to think like, wow, like they did it, I can do it. And it's still what's funny about doing podcasting, which I'm sure you know, is it, it's challenging for a lot of people to go there. Yeah. It's hard for them to really say like, okay, I'm this like shiny armadillo rocking through the world. I've got my glitters, got my sequins. Like I have this vibe going on and like somebody's coming up saying like, Hey, can you like roll on your back and show us your like soft tummy, please? (laughs) It'll be really helpful. I promise. And like some people are so like, they're like, yes, go, let's do it. Like you're one of those people that's like, I will leverage anything I've gone through if I know that it will be helpful for someone. Absolutely. I'm that type of person. And sometimes people just need that little bit of push to know that it's safe to do that. But that's the reason that like all the content I create, even if you go back to me, you know, as a commercial photographer and before that as a portrait photographer, the connecting thread through all of it is I want people to see, to feel seen and validated and empowered in who they are. And so I would help people as a photographer, like stand taller and really emanate Mm -hmm. with that energy and take up space. And then in creating content, I've helped people be able to show up on camera, be able to create content on social media or courses that really reflects that energy that you would get in the room. Because there is this like layer of translation that can be really tricky to overcome. But I think everybody has that capacity. But going back to your point, in order to really be willing to share that deeply, Mm-hmm. the whole 360 of who you are, mm-hmm. you have to have a trust that you are inherently worthy enough that if somebody judges you for like the weakest part of yourself, you'll still be standing, right? And you're okay with that. And not everybody, truthfully, not everybody is there in their journey. And I totally understand that. But for the people who are, I think they experience this freedom that you and I feel of like, yeah, like it is transformative when you get somebody who sends you an email, who's in Bangladesh, who's just like, wow, I found your content. And like, I'm able to do this thing now that I was never able to do. Like, like that's fucking powerful. And it gives your life a sense of meaning and purpose and the experiences themselves. (laughs) That's the, that's the best part. It's like, I have trudged through this fiery bog of eternal stench (laughs) and I'm still stinking, but you don't have to. And that just brings my heart so much joy. Or even if you are going through it, right. Guess what? I've been there and this was my you know, psychological process, my, how I kind of move through it emotionally and all. And so, you know, if I could do it, you could do it in your own unique way, but it's just that encouragement. And I think that that's, I mean, (laughs) everything literally just so incredible, everything that you just shared. Um, and so valuable because again, it's like, and the, and here's the thing. And I, I wonder if you are experiencing this as well, especially now having a podcast, um, 
you know, the, 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 the messages that I receive, obviously I coach women around the world, but like, let's just, let's talk about like my online community like women who are not in my, even men, like just not in my community or my, you know, in Queendom or a coaching client, but like just in that community, the way that they come at me with the, I mean, the messages of what, what they appreciate, um, what it's doing for them, all of, I find that it's, it's because of this kind of sharing it's Mm -hmm. yes, you know, in in my world and, and even in yours and the, you you bring on like experts who can talk about this subject or that, but it's like this shit right here, tapping into the emotional, you know, how you, you know, deal with wrestle with courage and confidence. These are the pieces in my own world that I'm like, they're like, thank you. Yes. (laughs) Have you noticed that? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll make it very real with like, uh, probably like if we're talking about like the softest underbelly, um, I have a video on my YouTube channel from about a year and a half ago that really is the, I'm talking about my deepest source of shame I've ever experienced in my whole life. This thing was so deep and so scary that up until about three months before that video, I couldn't even like look at it consciously, unconsciously. Like it was just such a dark, powerful void that I was just like anything to keep me away from dealing with this thing. And so in my case, I'm a mixed kid Mm -hmm. and I was raised with the white side of my family. Mm -hmm. And my biological father was a source of a lot of pain and a lot of just really negative stuff for me. And I associated that with the part of him that was black. Mm -hmm. And so I had carried this lumped together association combined with, uh, you know, we live in a culture that's deeply racist. (laughs) We are all just swimming in these assumptions and all of this negativity. And so I, again, we're talking about these little kid mistakes that we make these stories is that my little kid brain was like, blackness is not safe. You need to stay as far away from that as possible. Mm. So when you think about a lifetime of trying to hide and negate and run away from a part of who you are, mixed with the ramifications of that. Like there have been many instances that I don't even, I probably can't even remember at this point where I might have participated in microaggressions or just even my very demeanor made somebody feel like they were less than because they are part of this identity category that I couldn't accept myself. So this was like horrific trauma. Now, the one thing, and somebody said this to me uh, that was really amazing, is that you share your scars, not your scabs. Mm -hmm. And what I took with that is that there's a difference between sharing something that you have created a container around that makes it make sense to you, that you can start to develop a story around it, that it's not just 100% raw nerve energy. And so with that, I had been thinking about it for three months talking about it, doing therapy and work around it. And I thought, okay, like I'm, I'm finally ready to share this thing. And the story I told myself is like, Hey, I'm sharing that. Like I'm mixed and a part of my story involves blackness. And I have been somebody who experienced internalized racism. And I've been acting in this way that I'm not proud of. 
and I'm doing this unlearning and I'm, I'm trying to show up as a full human and I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed and I'm confused and I'm all of these things all at once. Here you go. And it was, I mean, I still get emotional about it because it's just, it's really, it's such a hard thing. And to do that, I had to have like physical support of my cousin, like in the same room with me to publish that video. And I couldn't look at the comments for like two months because it was just still so impactful to me. But I just had this calling, like I need to share this thing. Now, this is a year and a half later, I get these comments that are like novels from people all over the world and very different experiences. Mm -hmm. People who are black and have always felt this tension against people who've or with people who've been mixed race, people who are mixed race who felt like they haven't been able to own their whiteness because of the way that they were raised, people who ha- who are parents to people who are mixed. I mean, just so many different people with all these different experiences who felt seen and validated and felt like there was never a space to even acknowledge the pain that they were rocking with because I had the courage to do that. Mm-hmm. And this is a, you know, a pretty big example, yeah. but I definitely feel like everybody has that capacity on whatever level, whether they're micro conversations or whether it's a post or something, just sharing that little bit of your humanity. I think really like that's where the the deep connections are forged and felt because we experience ourselves as full humans. Mm-hmm. So there's no way like hashtag unrelatable when you see the 2D version of the Instagram or, you know, whatever. I'm like... So we all need that. (laughs) We all need that. I think that, you know, our society has really just steered us away from even looking at ourselves in this way to learn about ourselves, let alone like, you know, when we learn about ourselves, right, then we're able to kind of like what you've done, you've, 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 you've really pieced out like, huh, that's where that story came from this is what the result was for me living with this story. And, but I'm saying like these deep dives into self, this has not been a part of how we've been groomed to, to, you know, move through our lives. Right. Yeah. Not at all. And when you think about it structurally, I talk about the archetype of the white cis hetero dude, bro. Right. (laughs) Which we all know them. We all love them. Like some of my great friends are dude bros. But when you think about that as an archetype, it's the non-identity. It's the person who doesn't ever have to talk about identity. And so the world has been constructed in that image. And so it really doesn't benefit this construction to have all of these people with like essentially all of this superpower energy that they don't have. Like it doesn't benefit these structures. And so, of course, we haven't been socialized to think it's important. But and that's also why our pictures of success usually look like a reflection that was created by a dude bro. (laughs) which is also why it's so hard for us to live into that, right? Because if you think about in corporate America, that people who come from really rich, vibrant colors where they express themselves or rich, vibrant cultures who express themselves through colors and through particular hairstyles in order to be successful, they've been socialized to think they have to tamp all that down to fit into a world that's comfortable for the dude bros. And so really when we're talking about this idea of your cultural constellation and really like living into who you are, it gives you permission to show up fully knowing that there's probably going to be some area of disruption, right? Mm -hmm. 
But when you do carve that out, and in, in the way that I kind of think about it is like you activate your superpower, which we all have had them the whole time. Like our identities and how we see the world is inherently unique, powerful, and amazing. But it's like that superhero that like is burning down the house because they don't know how to harness their fire energy. And it's like, oh no, now I can palm it and I can like <laughs> direct it where I want. And you know, now everybody doesn't need to wear fire retardant clothing around me. But it's that harnessing that we have to do, that creating a container around it that allows ourselves to use it in a way that benefits others in the environment that we're in. And so like an example of that for me is when we talk about neurodivergence. Mm -hmm. I have ADHD and ASD, autism spectrum disorder. Now, if I were to just say that, I'm throwing it out there into the ether where people have all sorts of connotations. Mm -hmm. But what I'm very careful to do in like, let's say a professional setting is I will say that and then I will give it shape for them. So I will say something like, you know, I have very much 100% classic ADHD type. What that means is I am fiercely creative. I will hyper-focus on things like nobody's business. So you know that anything I do is going to be 100% intensity. It also means that I have a tiny teacup saucer of attention. So if you send me an email and I haven't responded in three days, it probably fell into the void off of that teacup saucer. So what would be great is for you to ping me again, float it to the top of my inbox, and I'll never be annoyed or anything. I will love the reminder. So it gives this alignment of expectations. It frames it for people, but it also allows me to operate authentically mm-hmm. without feeling like I'm constantly disappointing people because I'm forgetting things. And it allows me to operate in this zone of genius area that everybody has. So I think when it comes to like how you harness it, there's a lot of work that goes into that, really understanding the way to articulate that best. But mm-hmm. once you get a handle on it, I mean, and I also, I can help with things and there are lots of amazing people mm-hmm. in the communication zone, psychology zone, but I feel like once you get a handle on it and it becomes really fun, like it's, it's fun. really fun for me to talk about that I have a disaster right outside of the frame because my, <laughs> my reflection of my space is a reflection of my brain. And right now I'm a little extra scattered. So <laughs> like the frame is clear, but like Literally before we got on the call, I was like throwing pillows and clothes in different corners so you couldn't see you it. You are so fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, and it's like somebody goodness. could legitimately judge me for it and like whatever. Yeah. That's that's their stuff, you know. But because I'm able to own that about myself, I can also have fun with it and allow 100%. other people to have fun with it too. No, it's so it's so true, and it makes me think about rejection. Um, it's like a puzzle piece or masterpiece, rather, that we're building. Because obviously, in you showing up as you, and all the parts of you exercising your super powers and all the ways that you do, I'm sure that you have um, in many different ways, and continue to. Uh, you, you've you've had to deal with rejection, right? Mm-hmm. So I would love your voice um, on the subject of rejection. Like, how have you wrestled with it? How do you cope with it? How do you move through various forms of rejection? Yeah, I definitely have really worked on the trust muscle in that regard. And really reframing things back towards fit really, really helps. Like, I am only ever interested in things that are a fit for me which means that if I don't get something, it wasn't a fit for me. (laughs) And so I can be thankful 
for the opportunity that I thought I wanted or the situation that I thought would have been amazing because if I didn't get it, it means it wasn't a fit. And that's the only thing that I'm really aligned for. That said, it sounds very like, woo, you know, whatever. Um, What's the real, what's the reality of that? And I think the reality of that is like, I definitely have low moments where I can compare myself, where I can feel unworthy, all of that stuff. Um, But one of the secret strategies I have for my brain is something called the ribbon drawer that I created. Um, And basically it's this idea that as kids, a lot of us, whether you did baton like me, or you ran races, or you did swim meets, or you did spelling bees, a lot of times you get ribbons, you get trophies, and they don't go in the back closet somewhere. Like Usually they're out there in front of you reflecting your greatness back to you. And what that does is it gives your brain evidence that you are good, that you are worthy, that you're a rock star, all of these things. And at some point as adults, like, I don't know why we just stopped doing that. We feel like it's silly or, or we feel embarrassed. And I, what I really do is, is give my brain, if I want my brain to get out of this poor me, I'm rejected. I'm not good enough. They didn't want me energy. I have to give it something to, to hang its hat on. And so what I do are like, I capture those comments. Mm -hmm. I capture those text messages of somebody saying, Hey, you're amazing. What you did was really wonderful. And I actually have an album in my phone called the ribbon drawer. So I screenshot all of that. (laughs) Yes. And I put it in there. It has like sparkle emojis also. So it's like, (laughs) hi, I'm here. Look at me. (laughs) And I go in there and I, I force myself to engage with the evidence because if the, and, and in general, I really try to question whatever stories my brain is throwing me. Right. And asking myself, is it true? Because it's harder for me always to like do the, the, uh, I can't even think of the actual word because I always jump to the solution that has worked for me called the affirmations. Mm-hmm. So the affirmations where it's like you're standing in the mirror and you're like, I'm good, I'm worthy, I'm a bad bitch, all of that stuff. My brain is so quick to be like, bullshit. Nope, look at, yeah. look at what you did yesterday. You made an idiot out of yourself. Yeah. And so what I have to do is like get curious about it and mm-hmm. like ask my brain, well, is that true? If it's true, there can't be any conflicting evidence. So let's look. And then I look and then of course it's it's not true and then it just like quiets my brain down a little bit more until the next time. So I really when it comes to rejection I feel like I mean I can't remember who said it but somebody really awesome amazing said rejection is protection. Yeah, right? Yeah. So I really have trained myself like my highest self to really honor that that the protection that the rejection is giving me is something that I I know I want, even if I don't understand where the map is headed. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm exactly where I need to be. But then I give myself strategies to make that happen. Because I think a lot of times it's like the the chasm between what you know and like how to get there that can be. That can no, be so totally. It's so wonderful. And it does, it flex it. Well, it does several things. You know, you're, you're, you're deep, you're connecting that, you're connecting deeper with yourself. You were flexing that trust muscle, mm-hmm. um, and then and then just applying this whole strategy. Like even the ribbon drawer is excellent, and I love that you brought it up because I totally wanted to tap into that with you. I think it's <laughs> because it's helpful. I feel like I have a. Um, it's not called the ribbon drawer, but I do have a file as well for similar fucking moments because yeah, I'm not to share that because listen, like I know, listen, I'm I am a confident, empowered, fucking all you name it. I'm a lioness, absolutely owning that shit. You think mm-hmm. I don't have my fucking moments where it's like, da, 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 da. 
Oh, I do. Yeah. This conversation with myself, the default setting of my self-talk is so fucking fierce, full of love, full of compassion, full of truth. But I also have the little bits where I'm like, but let me see some shit too, just because you need these reminders sometimes. So I love that. And another thing that you, you, you know, you talked about, is like, it's like, you put yourself on trial. I love it. And you're like curious and you're like, you're sifting and sorting for the truth. And one of my mantras that is so just deeply rooted in me is like the truth in you knows, but see, I'm very clear on what the fucking truth is. So Mm -hmm. when this shit starts happening, it's like rocks, the truth in you knows, and that's what guides me. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, you know, like it all, it's, it's it's exactly what you're saying, you know, just kind of like coming at it from a different angle, but really echoing it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love about you is because I think I have like the defense attorney energy, right? And it's like, (laughs) you want to litigate this shit, let's go. But I think what you have, and we talked about this when you're on Mike podcast, is that you have this like the best, most loving Olympic coach in your brain, right? That's like full on, I could not love you more, but I am also going to push you to where you need to be because I see the greatness in you. And I think that those operating together is like such a beautiful thing. And honestly, for me, like that's what I'm really most needing and wanting to work on is like, how can I develop that coach that isn't operating with all of this negative teardown energy, but is really loving, compassionate, and kind and holding me to account. And you have, I mean, that's what I love is like hearing the way that you talk to yourself. I'm like, oh, that's next level. That's yeah. That's like going from junior to senior over here. And uh, (laughs) that's why I'm excited just to talk to you because I feel like, you know, surrounding yourself with people who are in the same zone as you, yes, but are more advanced in different areas. Different you can really fill in each other's gaps in such a beautiful way and like make things be real. Like it never dawned on me. There was literally a moment where you had said what you said to yourself and it was just like this light bulb clicked for me. That's bad. I was just like, wow, I never, I never would have thought that I could talk to yeah. myself that way. And, and yeah, and it's fucking magic and I love you for it. Um, and it's deeply inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, I love you seriously. And I, you know, we talked about this recently, just when I was on your show, but you know, sometimes like in this moment where you, you're going to give yourself like a loving pep talk or just like show compassion, you know, the, the mo- listen, I'm not in everyone's brain and nor am I even fucking trying to be, but I know because of what I do and how many women I talk to, there's this fucking, the default setting is rolling the eyes. like feel like, ah, like, like you're, you can't even come at yourself that way because, you know, it just feels kind of not icky, but like, oh really? Like stop. Like you can't even entertain the idea of mm-hmm. you loving yourself in that capacity because it feels like too fluffy or too, but it's like, what, what all you want is to be fucking seen, heard and felt right now. Uh, Can you not give that to yourself just for a moment? It doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, um, you're, you're avoiding truth. It doesn't mean that you are just, you know, like petting and no, no, it just means like, girl, 
I see you, I feel you, I'm with you. And then a couple things, depending on the situation can happen. It's like, cool. I love you, but we got to fucking stop this shit. And we're going right now. Okay. Or mm-hmm. it's like, baby girl. I mean, this is like my terms of endearment. I have so many motherfucker, bad bitch, like queen, like you name it. <laughs> beautiful. Baby girl. Like, let's just, let's just pause for a moment. Can we just breathe right now? Can you just like, just, just stop, you know, because, and this is the masculine and the feminine working in harmony, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I love speaking about the subject and I love it because one thing that I wanted to ask you, there's two things is, you know, like what's the big internal piece for you right now that you're super focused on in terms of like wanting to really just invest so much more energy because it, to, to expand and to fortify it because whatever this thing is, is going to bring you into a deeper state of wholeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, what's interesting about that is that that's probably where the fear is, right? So that underneath that uh, resistance mm-hmm. is this fear of like, what would it really, really look like if I unapologetically, unconditionally loved myself? And so it's, you know how they say you teach what you most need to learn. Yeah. I I definitely, I have a level to myself that is still like that untapped little bedrock layer that is very resistant to self-acceptance and self-love. Mm. And I think that a lot of people, we have this. And then, so I'm actually, I'm working with a coach right now who's going to be on the podcast in a little bit. And she was talking about these different voices you have in your head. And one is the brat. That's like this kind of like rebellious, like fuck you energy. I don't want to do that. That's stupid kind of a thing. And I realized that most of that's not like the story for most of the things that hold me back. But when it comes to this piece of loving myself, speaking to myself like that, that's definitely where this brat voice comes into play for me is that it feels like cringy. And I was actually asking myself, yesterday, like I was, so this is, you know, I, I have conversations with myself, Yeah, (laughs) we litigate stuff. And so I'm just like, okay, but like, let's, let's sit down in the chair. Like, let's figure out like, why, why are you cringed out by that? And like, let's go deeper. Like why, 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 why to really uncover that? And for me, it almost always goes back to love and connection. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what's so funny and ironic is that I am cutting off from my own self-love and connection Mm -hmm. because the story I tell myself is that doing stuff like that, genuinely giving myself love and connection is cringy. And the root of the story of it's cringy means that other people won't want to love and connect with me. So it's like literally robbing myself Mm -hmm. to pretend to feed myself in this other area. But we know like people can't really love and connect with you unless there's an element of authenticity. So it's like this, you know, this circle of resistance that I'm actively unwinding. And it's funny that you, that you, you know, you talk about showing up like this and how we can have that resistance on the front end, because it's very new to me to allow myself to be kind to myself. And when you think about it, it's like such a, it's such a a funny thing because we come out as babies so in love with ourselves and like, we love everybody, we love ourselves. And my whole, my whole brand, my whole job, what I do is like 
pouring love into other people. Yeah. Because I love, I genuinely love and accept other people. And so it's, it's not without a sense of irony that like reflecting that in on myself is challenging when that's what, literally what I spend all day, every day doing. Yeah. But I feel like that's just the journey. Like there, you were always going to be uncovering these layers of things that we need to work on. And I mean, all I've got to say is once I've really got that bedrock layer dialed in, literally look out. <laughs> Yo, no, cause you're talking and I'm like, Oh shit. I literally was thinking like, when she taps into that, like, and there's no, there's no turning. There's no turning back after that. No yeah. turning back. Like I can't even imagine what, you know, me being, you know, just an asshole to myself. Like, no, we're not. And in, and when like any hint of that starts to come out, FYI, and this is just a tactic that it's actually very um, effective in my own life. And this is what I share with my, my girls that I coach too. But like, I call myself out loud. Like I call myself out, out loud. No, stop, stop. Mm-mm. We're not doing that. Stop. No, no, no. And there's something really powerful about hearing, like on the flip, if there's also something very powerful about hearing yourself out loud, say, you know, like if Rox, I love you, girl, I get it. It's hard. I see you. I feel you. This is valid, but my love, we got this, you know, and that's very powerful to hear it out loud on the flip. When that critic, when that assholeness starts to come in and the poking and the for me, I just, ah, stop. And sometimes I will tell you all transparent. <laughs> there could be a full fucking day, especially if I'm hormonal, where that stop is coming out throughout the day. <laughs> Wash it. Stop, fly on stop, the wall. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so fun because it like, it's just fun for me. Cause sometimes like, it's almost like, imagine the, 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 the word, the fucking whatever, the harsh, like, I can get, I can sense it from a hundred miles away. So the stop. <laughs> yes. See, I feel like that's what your next like merch needs to be. I mean, it's going to be like high level, but I think you need like a little Roxy doll that you can have. It's pocket size. Just press the dummy. That's like, stop. <laughs> yes. I, I would, I would keep her close to my body at all times. <laughs> I knew you were going to come out with some fucking awesome idea. You creative powerhouse. Like <laughs> no, and yes. it works for my girls too. And like, like, I would love you to try it and then like holler at your girl. Like, let me know truly like, does it, how does it work for you? Because I know it's effective in my own life. And I know it's effective in, in, in the women that I coach, because here's the thing, no matter how I always say like, you know, self-love, self-confidence, like, all this stuff, like there's no period at the end of the sentence. It's comma, dot, dot, dot. That's why I call them activations or attributes. But forever, especially when you are authentically living yourself, your true self, you know what you're mm-hmm. going to do? You're going to be stretched as a constant in your life. And right. every time you meet that stretch, guess what? Self-confidence, courage, self-love, all this shit gets poked at because you're in new territory. So mm-hmm. we have to continuously invest to fortify and to expand everything that we're talking about. And so, you know, that's why I was saying like in my own life, yes, listen, I own my confidence. I own the empowerment that I fucking live from that seeps through my pores. Don't get it twisted. In fact, don't discredit me because I still have to fight. And I love that fight. 
because it shows me every time I say stop or whatever the fucking thing is, I'm afraid, but I go forward. It shows me how badass I actually am. It shows me how much I really love myself, you know, and this goes into like, when we talked about like, yeah, you know, it's like, it's not about being fearless. It's not about getting it perfect. And it's certainly not about fucking like graduating and that's it. Then you're dead. And maybe it's over. (laughs) It's just more about like this journey and that's turning it back to you. My love. Let me ask you this though, then. Yeah. This is my sneaking suspicion. And I'm curious for you. What is your relationship to self-sabotage now? Like on a scale of like one to 10, your yeah. worst self-sabotaging moments, how often they're happening, what out of 10 would you give yourself? Wow, that's a great question. I don't feel like I, okay. What was the way what 10 is like the highest? I, yeah. I, I, th- I really don't have an, an all truth, like, I don't feel like I sabotage myself much. Like, exactly. Yeah. My relationship See? with that is like, well, and because, because the worthiness piece is so mm-hmm. fucking dialed in, but guess what? How did I get that part dialed in? It's because of all the battles I have faced with absolute authenticity and integrity. Yes. Right. And I continue to do. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, and this is like an unlocking moment for me, because I think that bedrock level that I said of resistance, that like last little sticky bit that doesn't want to love myself, that is where all the self-sabotaging lives. So I went, you know, when we talk about once that's, once that's like broken up, I'm going to be lethal. I think it's because I'm still exerting a certain amount of energy in self-sabotaging behaviors Mm -hmm. because there's still a part of myself that is not willing to fully integrate. And instead of integrating and like really accepting and really offering that love, it's like, no, let's like take you off course because we, we truly don't fully believe that you're worthy of these dreams and things that you've created. So like in a sense, what I've been able to create of my life and my career and my presence it is always in spite of these deeply self-sabotaging behaviors that I know a lot of us are rocking with. And I thought for the longest time that there were these external solutions to that, that it was like, oh, if I got this productivity hack, if I do this, like all of this, I'm going to put more intention and energy over here. I'm going to buy this $10,000 course to do this, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And it's really, and this is also like, operating from this masculine space that it's like, I'm going to be from the head up. Like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to push, I'm going to show up, I'm going to buy the things, I'm going to do the things. And my glass ceiling has really been about everything that's below the head. Mm -hmm. And really this like heart-centered space, this like self-love, all of this stuff that like forever, I've just been like, this is so eye-rolly, I don't want to do it. And I'm so grateful that now, I mean, and this is very recent for me. Like if you go back through my podcast episodes, this is like maybe coming up maybe earliest July that I've like really started to crack open enough to allow for some of these modalities and tools to rush in, in a way that don't immediately bounce off me. And I think for a lot of people, they're in, they're in a similar space, probably not the listeners to your show, <laughs> but you know, oh, a I, lot I, of people are yeah. operating with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think it's way more common than one might think. Right. But I think, you know, and again, there's such a through line with you that I love. And it's this, 
you know, like, no matter how hard it is, like you face yourself and yeah. you fa- and, 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 and let me present this to you. This is true. I, self-love. I talk about this all the time. Don't think it's a soft, like bubbly, like, Oh, it's going to feel good all the time. Shit. No, it's going to fucking hurt a lot. Cause you're going to face yourself with truth. It's always about truth. You're going to do hard shit. You're going to do shit that makes you really uncomfortable that you don't want to do, but you love yourself so much that you got to do it. So this through line of you just constantly digging into yourself, turning to yourself, facing yourself, whether you like what you fucking see or not is the ultimate fucking action of self-love. Boom. (laughs) Period. Mic drop. Yes. Yes. And I love it. And I feel like there's, there's so much, there's so much gained from that integration of the masculine and feminine of the, all of these tools, like working together. Yeah. And I just, this idea of like self-love and self-compassion and giving yourself grace. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've really worked on is allowing for and trusting timing. And this goes back to this idea of fit, right? That like, I wasn't, because as soon as you learn something new, you're like, fuck, I would have been so much more ahead if I knew it 10 years ago, (laughs) you know? And like, no, I mean so much. And so like, really just saying like the version that I was 10 minutes ago, 10 years ago is exactly who I needed to be then. Mm -hmm. I'm exactly where I need to be now. And if I'm doing my best, if I'm somewhat detached from the outcome and just really performing, showing up, loving myself the best I can do today, then that kind of openness and acceptance creates room for these things that I want to bring into my experience to happen. But, um, but it, you know, and it's funny when you look back at your life, it's like all the times that I was just like totally white knuckling, forcing, like, pushing those boulders up the hills because that's the best way to do it. You know, meanwhile, there was an elevator right next door. I I mean, so many times. Um, but you know, it's like you, you learn all these lessons and then realize it's, it's those moments of ease and acceptance and grace where most of the magic really happens. Like my YouTube channel, I've been plugging at it for two and a half years and barely got 2000 subscribers, felt like a failure, very inconsistent, all of this stuff. And I put a video together based on like this internal, like, oh, I should do this on how to look good in Zoom and nothing happened for three months. And so I was like, great, another dud. This is exciting. And then all of a sudden- 2020 happens and everyone's on Zoom. (laughs) So so what's funny is I I created it in March, right? So my thing was like, oh, this is smart. I'm going to create a Zoom video. Exactly. Nothing happened. (laughs) So I was like, well, I guess I'm not that smart. Um, But then come (laughs) August, I guess the algorithm was just like magic. And everything in that, in what, a year in not even a half, I went from a thousand to a hundred thousand subscribers. Mm-hmm. And not that everything has to do with numbers, right? But it's just that I could not have imagined the timing and the synchronicities and all of the wonderful things that were in store for me. Mm-hmm. And had I not been creating space for things to happen as they did, yeah, I probably would have like, you know, messed things up and still been like beating my body into the ground as a commercial photographer, as a commercial photographer, because yeah. I was chasing all of this external validation that I ended up being able to 
to not need essentially. A hundred percent. No. And I love it. And I think a really important piece um, in that story of like the video and then, you know, what happens. Yeah. You're like, oh, I know it's not all about the numbers. No, but here's the big message. You didn't stop after you put the video out in March and then you didn't get that response. Like you kept creating. That's the fucking point, right? Because that's where people, A, people don't even step to the plate. B, if they feel like they, you know, oh, I didn't get a home run. Like, let me just walk off the field. But you're like, no, I'm going to keep fucking swinging. That's Mm -hmm. the message. That's what's so important. I know that in my own life. Like, fuck, (laughs) you know? And so it's just so wonderful. I love that you put that fucking story in here Um, because it's so important for that reason, you know, like for anyone listening or watching right now, and they're at that point where they just feel like, do I fucking keep going? Why did you keep going? Like, why did you keep going in that moment? I mean, partly was just faith. And what I knew is that, and it's funny what you don't know in hindsight, right? But um, what I knew is that people, and so when I started my my channel, it, originally it was to help me create visibility and power and leverage as a commercial photographer. Mm-hmm. My thought process was, as I was in the industry for longer, I realized mostly people hire you because they have this feeling that they would want to get dinner with you because set life is like going to camp where you spend so many hours together (laughs) that really a lot of it has to do with like, do we gel in terms of an energy? Totally. So if I make content that allows people to figure out what my energy is like, then I'll get more clients. And it was just kind of a guess based on things that I had seen with other people. And I thought maybe I would get enough subscribers to kind of have that a little bit of social media power behind me and, mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. So I had been creating content for, for that reason, mm-hmm. also to help people. Cause I, one of the things that I talk about in my work is like, you have a deep why and a functioning why. And your deep why is like really the meat, like the energy, the like what fuels me. And for me, it's like I never felt seen and validated. I always felt like a weird, awkward alien. And I wonder what, how, how I would have been able to show up had I always felt loved and accepted for who I was. Mm -hmm. So my deep why is like, I want to make sure I want to create, I want to give these, these people a chance to see themselves validated and reflected and celebrated. So they always know how fucking amazing they are. But then there's functioning why also, which is like, I want to make money. I want to be popular. I want to, you know, build my, (laughs) my attention on what I'm doing. And and I think it's great to always honor both, right? Because if you have one, you're just an an optimist that's probably totally altruistic and probably not going to do anything because you don't have the motivation to keep it going or consistency. And the other one, if you're just doing it just for that, you're not going to have any like deep energy into it. Mm -hmm. So it's usually, and almost always it's both. And so I just kind of kept doing it and went through all these stages of feeling like a failure, not good enough, all of these things, but just kept with it on this sort of faith. Now, what's funny is now that I'm sort of in this area where I've accessed more YouTubers, Mm -hmm. I almost always say it's at least a two-year journey (laughs) to get anywhere on YouTube. And I was like almost exactly on time. And I think going back to this idea of like having people really share their path, that kind of context, that zoom out that now I give for people is like, you need to think about all of this as planting seeds. And you don't really know, honestly, what's going to grow from them. But the more seeds you plant, 
for the the more more time that you plant them, yeah, the better your odds that something really amazing will grow from that. And what I've seen with like students and people who've come to the channel is that there are all these misconceptions around who gets to have a channel, who gets to be successful in social media, who gets to be successful in business and coaching, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's bullshit. That's the white cis hetero, whatever stuff that's meant to keep us down. So being able to give yourself that gift of really showing up, of get, getting your potential clients to just have that chance to connect with you, to give people the opportunity to find you. It's like such a, a wonderful gift yeah. That, but it does take persistence <laughs> over a long period of time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it was literally yeah. just faith. <laughs> no, well, it was faith, but I also love, and I was, I, I was curious if you're going to say it and you did, but it was your why factors too, because that's also so yeah. important. Right. I mean, mm. I know in my own life, it's like, my purpose is so fierce that it just like, you know, it, it, it's what helps me up to like when, if I take a hit because something didn't, whatever, um, or I have those moments where I'm just like, ah, is it really progressing at the way, you know, it's, 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 it's that purpose shit. It's that why. Mm-hmm. So I love, and I know that that's fiercely a part of you and your journey and also what you support, you know, um, those who come to you to, to build their fucking content and everything, right. That they come to you for. So no, I love that girl. Listen, oh, there's so much, um, you're just, yeah, it's like, my, there's so many more conversations to have, um, I want to, to ask you a few questions um, that I, that I will do one thing. So two more questions, rapid fire words. So you're talking, I'm loving everything you're laying out. And this question has been like popping into my mind this whole time that I really want to present to you. And I'm so excited to have your answer live in this conversation. The question, my love is what are you in this? We'll just focus on the year to give you some, you know, kind of boundaries, but like, what are you feeling most proud of about yourself? <laughs> oh, that was 10 out of 10. Not where I thought you were going. That's <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, yeah. And maybe helping you get into that, like that little space that we're going to fucking crush together. <laughs> me as your girl. Yes. Uh, that's a great, great question. Um, I think, well, there are a couple of things that pop into my mind. I'm not good with listicles. So, um, I need, so let me just violate your one thing straight off the bat, but like no, yeah, go. one thing that comes to mind is that with the podcast, you were actually a part of this, um, with the podcast, it had originally had the name, the bold bitch podcast. And, I had needed some of this like punk riot girl, bad bitch energy to get into the space, partly because I was like, do I belong in this space? I know I need to do it, but I had all this imposter talk chiming in. And so I launched it, felt good, did all these episodes, whatever. And, um, and I'm super grateful to that. But then at some point I just realized it wasn't feeling like a fit and I wasn't hundred percent sure why I'm more clear now. But I went through this process that I'm very, it's probably the thing I'm the most proud of because it's really revealed me growing into a version of myself that I think is much more integrated and aligned. And so basically I I allowed myself to float this question, like, what if that's not the name of the podcast? And I allow that just to like sit in the ether. I would ask myself every once in a while, 
Now, what I normally would have done is tried to force it by like brainstorming and concepting and and doing all these things that I know from like being a creative when you have to force an idea on a timeline. Mm. But I didn't do this this time. I just allowed for it to exist and for me to feel into it and kind of ask myself questions about like, what do I what do I want it to feel like as I'm saying it? What kind of energy do I want it to attract? What do I like about the original name? What didn't really feel resonant? And instead of, again, focusing on like the right answer, I just allowed it to more sit in a feeling space. And then one morning I'm in the shower and this name just like comes to me like a lightning bolt, only the bold. And I was just like, ooh. And I like said it out loud and I like rolled it in my mouth and I thought about it. And I was just like, yes, this is it. And then what's interesting is I looked at, and sometimes I feel like the universe like gives you these gifts of like growing up, my mom would call them synchronicities where things just like, they're like these little hints or winks or whatever. I looked at my original list of names Mm -hmm. that had the bold bitch podcast. It had a couple others. Only the bold was actually on there. Wow. And I had totally forgotten about it. Yeah. And so what I did is I was like, okay, this is happening. And from that shower to four <laughs> hours later, I had pivoted. I had talked to people. I had rebranded everything. I had launched a mini episode explaining it. <laughs> it was just like, whoom, go. And um, yeah, it was like at, uh, 100. Yes. But um, I feel like that that process of opening myself up And trusting myself to not have the answer. Mm. Then allowing space for kind of magic to happen. An answer came. And then I 100% trusted that answer. And I moved with like 10 out of 10 velocity. (laughs) Like I was just like, and that process, I think is the thing that I'm just the most proud of and what I want to continue to integrate across all aspects of my life, because it comes back to this idea of self-trust, self-love, and allowing there to be space to not know, and also to honor that internal knowing and to be bold in the decision-making and not really have it rest on what people are going to think. Cause I was totally, I had these ideas of like, oh my gosh, people are going to like not be able to find the podcast. People are going to have all kinds of ideas about it. People are going to think I'm a flip flopper and that I'm flaky and all of these stories. But I just honored who I was and what I knew to be true. Um, and that is like the best question that oh. nobody has asked me ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like satisfied from fucking listening to that journey and so honored to have you know had been a, a small part of that and a couple of things I want to point out um, number one you know underneath all of of you know the offerings that you said that that gave to you I mean we're that's the most beautiful example of the masculine and the feminine energies in harmony you when you felt into it well this is the feminine and you're asking mm-hmm. the questions. You nurtured the process. You didn't demand the process. There's a time to push. It yeah. came afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got the fucking answer. But you- My producer was like, ah. <laughs> I'm sure. And, and actually that's that, that bridges to the other thing that I want to point out that I, I have so much fucking love and respect for you for. And I think it's really important to live in this conversation. You honor, you, you went through the whole, like, what are people going to think and all the things but you still evolved. You still fucking honored the artist in you, the authentic Mm -hmm. 
you know, you, right. And the authentic creator. And this is important because you know how many people would not have done that and they right. would have stayed in the thing and then, and not felt good about fucking, you know, cause it, cause the reality is, it's like, if you would have kept going, it would have been like a pebble in your shoe that would turn into a boulder. And then you'd be like, eh, and you wouldn't have pride in that same, you couldn't show up to the podcast in the same way. So mm-hmm. it was incredible. And just, I, again, I have so much respect that you, you fucking honored your evolution. And that's something that I really love to talk about as an artist myself. It's like, listen, uh, PSA, I will evolve however. And whenever the fuck I want, you don't get it. That's okay. I get it. I get it. And somebody else will, but I will never not be genuine to, to my authentic creativity and my process, because I believe we're fucking here to continually evolve and express. I say like from our heart, right. And I always put capital art because that's where, that's where that came from. Mm -hmm. That's where it came from. Right. Yes. I love that. I was just thinking like, (laughs) we should make a shirt that's like, I'm evolving. And on the back that says, so relearn me, bitch. Cause I, (laughs) I feel like, you know, the heart, the, which I definitely resonate with. Like one of the ways that we experience connection is by knowing things about each other, you know, like the best friends, like what's her favorite color? What are her goals and dreams? Like whatever is that feeling of knowing. And so when you experience someone else growing and evolving, it can threaten that sense of connection. But I think that's where it also reveals how people are maybe different in their orientation because there are people who really love knowing and then people who really love learning. And Mm -hmm. I love like learning and relearning and exploring and being curious. And to me, it's so exciting when somebody's evolving. But the part about what you just said that is really resonant with me is that what's implied is that it's in real time. So it's not going to be perfect and that's okay. And that was that part in that decision. Part of what I was really proud of is I had a select group of people that I felt really safe sharing that with to reflect back to me. Like, this is what I'm doing. And like, just have that little bit of like, you know, like reflection of like, okay, you know, but then also that I allowed it to not be perfect. I mean, still, this is like, I don't know, maybe two months later, I still don't have the intro for the new thing. So every time I kind of like fumble my way through it and make it up, I still don't have the trailer because it's still, if you go to the podcast, the trailer still is the original one that we created. And I was just talking to my podcast uh, editor about that, that like, oh, we need to go back and record it. And that would have been aspects that even a year ago, I would have felt really shameful about. I would have felt like, oh, it's not perfect. People are going to judge or whatever. And I think looping way around to this idea of confidence and that it's earned is that when I first launched the podcast, I felt like everything needed to be really good and really tight and have this branding and all of this stuff because there was this sense of performativity that I was using to mask the this feeling of like being a freshman, walking to the lunchroom for the first time and seeing all the cool kids and not knowing where to sit. Totally. Flash to now, almost a year later, I know where I belong. 
I know who I am. I know what the podcast is. And I know that like people, if they see that, they're probably going to laugh every time they listen to him be like, oh, that's Gia just riffing because that's what she does, you know? And like, I, I love that I gave myself that chance to not be perfect. And I feel like a lot of us have this perfectionism <laughs> Achilles heel, which is really just per- perfectionism is procrastination because we're not feeling accepting of really how we're showing up because we don't feel worthy and giving that grace and space to like fuck up and not be perfect, I think is the biggest gift that we can give each other, but also give ourselves. I love it. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. Like you're just in the kitchen cooking and you're just like, you can, you can watch while I cook this. Like the egg might be a little messy and I've got it on the counter, whatever, but I, you know, but I know where I'm taking this meal and you know, okay. like, I have to interrupt you because I don't even think you know this. What? So, Oh wait, no, I did. Te- I did text you about this, but, um, so talking about cooking right before we recorded our podcast episode, I was going to make tea. Our conversation was so riveting <laughs> that when I came out of the conversation, not only had I forgotten that I had started a kettle on, but I had burned the kettle so much that it had collapsed and broken and like almost burnt down my house. I'm so grateful that we can laugh about that. You sent me that. I was like, and I, I feel like I've done something similar like that before. And it's very scary. You're grateful as fuck in that moment, but you're also like, that really? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm glad we capped it at like an hour 45 because oh I mean, <laughs> we could have talked forever and I probably wouldn't have the house at this point. Oh my goodness. No, that was a win. It was a win on a win. Uh, okay. God, I adore you. Okay. I have um, a question that I love to ask all my guests, um, which is if you had a magic wand and you could give the masses one positive habit that would have a very large ripple effect on their life, what would it be and why? A habit. Which could be anything psychological. It could be something, it could be whatever. Yeah. I, so I'm going to give, I'm going to give (laughs) (laughs) 1.5. Yeah, we're always skiing a little bit over here. Um, I think one is the gift of the the defense attorney and the just questioning. So it's like a to me, it's like a combination of a defense attorney if they were also a psychologist, right? So it's like we're asking why, but we're providing evidence and we're like just getting curious about these thoughts that are happening and not just taking them at face value. That has been like the biggest, um, yeah, gift in my life and like allowing myself to do the things that feel scary to acknowledge the places where I might have imposter feelings, Mm -hmm. which, um, I don't expect to ever fully go away because I, I, I don't actually hate them. Right. It's, it's because I feel this little bit of vibration that I don't fit in here that I experience this drive to show up and do the things that I do. Right. But the other part of that is, I would I would have everybody at least once a month take an acting class. And the reason, I mean, not that you need to go to an actual acting class, but when you go, have you ever gone to one? 
Oh, gosh. Oh, you need to. It's time. It's time. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. They always do these, especially theater. They always do these uh, really just like so incredibly embarrassing warm ups where it's like throw a sound and emotion and pretend that you're painting and 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 you always just feel so awkward so uncomfortable so ridiculous but what it has you do is it trains this muscle of commit i'm going to commit to this mm-hmm. and even in the ridiculosity i'm going to just commit to it i'm going to go with it i'm going to do it and what that does is it gives you the sense of playfulness in your life, right? Like I don't drink, but I have a drunk personality insofar <laughs> as I will dance on the tabletop sober. I'll do the Roger rabbit when nobody's dancing. Like there I just, <laughs> yes. Like I just ha- give myself this permission to like play and commit 100%. Yeah. And I think that what cultivates that is, um, you know, are these exercises that feel so silly and not that it has to be acting, but anytime I used to, when I, taught college students. Um, I, we used to do acting warmups, even though the class was a hundred percent unrelated. <laughs> I was just like, we're going to do acting warm- warmups every class because these are skills for life. Okay. No. That kind of emotion. <laughs> Let's go. And oh, it can't be like, yeah. it needs to be like full on, like, you know, like you need to be making an ass out of yourself and commit to that shit because that is what's going to help you. I mean, courage in its finest moment, yes. right? Fuck yeah. yeah. Oh no, that's so, so great. Thank you for that. Um, I love it. Playfulness is everything. I would say like, you got to keep it playful, keep the wrinkles away internally and externally. That's like part of my fountain of youth, that playfulness, you know, and Botox, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't gone there yet. Um, I'm like scared. I love it. Yeah. I I mean, I know so many, so many of my girls do too, but I just, yeah. Um, I'm not saying never, but I, I mean, yeah, you do. You, like, you totally don't. No, it's so, sometimes I'm like, I wonder. Um, okay. <laughs> rapid fire words. So okay. you don't need to be rapid. Elaborate as you would like, whatever comes top of mind, top of heart when you hear these words. Okay. Okay. First word is love. <sighs> um, emotions that I don't want to engage in that I know are good for me. <laughs> I feel like you've really confronted that already. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Fear. I love you. Um, fear. Uh the the like vibrating place that is I don't know how to explain kind of like what's happening in my brain, but like the way that I experience fear is almost always in my solar plexus. Mm -hmm. And it's like this contraction away that I have programmed myself to like arc toward. Mm. So it's that relationship that now when I feel that feeling, which is also like sisters with excitement, Mm -hmm. I start to get excited because it feels like the shortcut to whatever it is that I really want to make happen. Love it. So good. Yeah. Which um, is why I know I need to meditate and all these things because <laughs> that's exactly like, that's where I feel it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. If you need help meditating, I'm happy to help you. Um, it's a very, yes. Okay. Uh, next, next word is challenge. 
Um, challenge. I don't really, I, I'm just, I don't really use that word very much. I don't think. Why? Because. So I default toward, I, I think in challenge is usually either struggle mm-hmm. or like, like a competition or like something that you can like overcome or move through or push through sort of a thing. And to me, um, I am usually either like sliding into the idea of like, this is such a struggle and I'm like contracting and giving up or like, this is my jam. Like this is something I'm leaning into. Um, and so, and then the words that I use for that is game. So, cause that's really what works with my brain is gamifying everything. So to me, it's either a struggle or a game. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. And then like games, I think, and that's a part of it is I think that for a lot of people challenge, um, has a lot of this connotation of like overcoming and like, mm, like let's get into it. And my brain is like, Zzz. like, I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, that doesn't sound fun, but you know, it does sound fun is a game. Mm. it's so good. I think there's so, there's so many benefits to gamifying in different ways in your life. And I love that you say that towards challenge, because I think that reframe on challenges is it's very valuable. You know, in my world, it's like challenge opportunity. Like that's the word. So when you're saying like expansive, it's literally how I see it. It's opportunity because I can grow. Or like you said, you could submit but the fucking competitor in me, which doesn't compete with you, it's just, it's competing with the challenge is always mm-hmm. like, oh, you want to try and fucking take me down? You want to try and slow me down? Stop me? Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And this goes back to this idea of grit is like, I'm working on deepening that grit muscle. And so to me, like one of the barometers maybe for it is like, how, what is my association with that word six months from now? Yeah. Right now I need to think things are fun in order to do them. Yeah. But what if I can like talk myself into a place and like hit at that bedrock enough so that the idea of knowing that something is going to be a challenge is a draw and is exciting in and of itself. Yeah. Oh, it's a power. Mm-hmm. It's a sweet spot. It yeah. really is. Like I'm some of my kind of mantras in that I am the eye of the storm. Oh, chaos. Watch me create. Like, let's go. You know, so it's, but it's that whole mentality that lives in that space. So I'm going to check on that in six months. Yes. <laughs> and a lot along the way, obviously. Keep me uh, accountable. I, I'm very good at that. Um, next word is curiosity. Love. Oh, <laughs> this is where love comes in for me. I am just, I was that kid that was always asking why that was always like, but to me, my state of joy, like where I experience the most joy, the most love, the most excitement is being permacurious, like just in that place of like, not yet fully knowing, wanting to know more, like figuring out how you can learn and grow and, and seeing connections, all of that is just like infinite potential and excitement to me. Perfect segue to the next word, passion. Passion is something I actually, so I, okay, this is a little rant, but 
one of the things about passion that I reframe is this, is I take passion and what it usually means, Mm -hmm. which is like, you need to find your passion, you need to live into your passion, you need to be passionate, all of these things that for a lot of people can feel very overwhelming if you're like, I don't know what my passion is, all this stuff, is to a framework that I did not come up with, it's genius, called Ikigai, which is a Venn diagram of what you love to do, what the world needs, what you're good at, and what you can get paid for. Mm -hmm. And passion is in there where two of those circles overlap. But the creative sweet spot, and this only, you know, is only for people who are like wanting to maybe make money and like devote most of their life to their passion, Mm -hmm. that this sweet spot of your ikigai is the place where all of those like merge and meet. And so I love the idea of passion, but I love passion as like, uh, pegs in a blanket wiener wrap that's like surrounded by the dough being your ikigai so that it's really talking about yes what is your passion but also how does it dance with other people and how does it impact the world and and all of these things together so it can have a bigger impact if that's what you want than just being something that you love to do in your room which is also totally valid but um but for me i've always wanted to be passionate, to have passion in a way that isn't a dance with impact. And so, yeah. So Ikigai is my form of passion. Badass. I love that. (laughs) Do you know how many people you just helped? Seriously. Um, (laughs) Two more words, my love. Resilience. (sighs) Working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Perfect. (laughs) Seriously. No, it is. It's a fucking process. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that bounce back refresh rate that gets better every year for me. Um, but it's all, I mean, way better every year, but, um, but you know, it's also something that like, I know in order to be resilient, I need to engage with circumstances that are going to be challenging. Mm -hmm. So it's a, um, it's a word that I want to love more than I do. Mm-hmm. but, um, but you know, if I look back at my life, like I'm sure a lot of people, like there's nothing else to define it except resilience. Yes. No, yeah. I fully agree. And I'm so excited to see you develop a stronger relationship with that because it's already within you. It's already fucking how you roll. And it's every, but when you, it's kind of like that, that little piece right there, like that, you know, when you crush through your lethal when you realize that and like stand in the ownership of, I'm a resilient motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Breakable. Last word, excellence. Excellence or excellent? <laughs> Bill and Ted, excellence. No, excellence. Okay. <laughs> excellence. I love it because I was thinking like Bill and Ted. Yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> excellent. Um, excellence. Okay when I think of excellence, I think of that idea of really expressing the best that you have in that moment and not having it be an externally oriented thing, which has taken a lot of reprogramming because uh, so I have a biological father and a good dad. So my good dad, um, his whole side of the family was all about like, excellence, striving, education, be bigger, faster, stronger. And we, a lot of us experience that as a do this to get love type of equation. Yep. 
And so for me, there was always this performative, striving, reaching, thirsty relationship with the idea of excellence where it always existed outside of me. And what I've been really fortunate enough to like cultivate in the last few years is this idea of internal excellence, which is really just if I give my best, it goes back to the book, The Four Agreements. I don't know. Have you read that? I haven't. I haven't actually read it now. Yeah. I haven't read it in forever, but one of the agreements is do your best. And they talk about doing your best is also doing what you're fully capable of, but not Mm -hmm. more. And so much of us do more and push harder and burn out because we feel like that's what we need to do. But it's really like honoring that, that inherent place of like, this is the best that I could do in this moment, the best way I could show up and really honoring that. I love that. It's so, it's so true. And it's so, when you get that dialed in, it just, you could just keep going, man, you know, cause it, it really is a process, right? Excellent. Yeah. I love that. Ugh. You are everything truly. I'm like, uh, Gabrielle, I love you. Shout out to our girl, Gabrielle. Yes. Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so many more conversations to have in this format. And obviously um, I am your girl just, and again, like, let me take a moment. First of all, to say thank you for the time, for the energy, but also just for fucking how you show up as such a contributor. You're such a contributor. And I'm so excited to not only witness your evolution, but to an honor to be, to know that I'm, I'm going to support you along the way. Cause you're my girl. So mm. my girl, um, <laughs> where I can I, you so much. <laughs> I love you. It's so, yeah, I love you. Like, it's, it's exciting. Um, it's, it's the fit as you say, right? Yes. Um, please guide our listeners and our viewers on all the places and everything's in the show notes, but, um, to connect with you, social, all, all the things. Yeah. So I actually made a special page for all of you on my website. So it's giagoodrich.com slash black belt beauty. And there I have, I mean, not only can you see like what I'm up to, there are links to like YouTube and all of this stuff, but also, um, I have a couple of like bonus things that are usually behind a paywall, um, that have to do with a lot of what we talked about today. And I just want to, you know, give them, give them out. So, um, fucking queen, that is so rad of you. Thank you. Perfect. That will live in the show notes and uh, I'm, my heart is full. Thank you so much. Well, I fucking love you. And um, (laughs) this is, (laughs) I mean, as somebody who's a verbal processor, like this has been such a transformative conversation, even selfishly, like for me. Um, So, so I'm just so grateful for you um, because yeah, this was wonderful. And I, I also just really appreciate the the resonance that we have and that you are a human that is showing up in this way that is allowing me to see a reflection of ways that I want to grow into a version of myself that will like emanate with a type of badassery and like cutness and self-love coach talk that you have. It's so beautiful. Um, and I, yeah, I just deeply appreciate you. I've been looking at your clavicle the whole time. It's coming. <laughs> it is coming. I swear, if we lived down the street, you'd be so dead. Like, I'd just yes. Be like, oh my goodness! No, that that 
that time will come to you. Well, thank you. I love you. And so does my clavicle. Um, <laughs> we got to let you go and make sure that there's no fucking teapot on that stove. <laughs> but yes, I, I love you. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next. Oh,